Well, a very good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Entering Stage Right. I'm Deepal Thomas, actor and playwright, podcasting from the heartland of America right here in Indianapolis, Indiana. And joining me as always, all the way from the left coast, but indeed always entering stage right, is my wonderful co-host, the actor, director of some of the biggest hits in TV history, Philip Charles McKenzie. And a, a very good day to you, Philip. How is everything going out in Los Angeles? We are doing well. We don't have the uh, uh, smoke and uh, fires uh, that uh, the East Coast had uh, uh, I uh, yeah. this week because of the um, uh, fires in Canada, and it's funny. I uh, I texted um, a friend who said, "Oh my gosh, this is terrible! I can't breathe." And I'm indoors, and I said, "Welcome to California." <laughs> and what I what, and she she misread what I said. I, what I meant was, you know, every couple of years we have our wildfires, and we go out yeah, on the yeah. deck, and oh <laughs> look, ashes landing on the deck. Exactly. You know, so we're sort of used to it. And I, I think she meant that we live this way every day. And I said, no, 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 not quite that. I had to, I had to disabuse her of that. But, uh, um, you know, we have this all the time out here, relatively every couple of years with the wildfires. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, the amazing thing about New York is, uh, you know, because it's the capital of the world in its own mind, is that when it happens there, the world stops. So, (laughs) oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, other than that, we have a beautiful morning here. And, uh, I won't uh, won't belabor that, uh, but you know, I'd like to go on to I'd like to go on to uh, uh, something that's going on in California, and, and you know, yes. I take uh, more more specifically San Francisco, and I, I I truly take no joy in this because, as you and our listeners know, mm-hmm. um, the many years that I would go to San Francisco to um, to teach, I would walk the city and you know eat and do things. A wonderful city, mm-hmm. and it is staggering how, in a few short, less than five years, Deepal, less than five years, yes. what has happened to that city um, and the people who run it, uh, from the mayor London Breed to the uh, uh, the bizarre city council to our our creepy friend um, Scott Weiner, who's a, a state representative, who every time he puts something on Twitter, everything is swell in San Francisco. <laughs> our parks are beautiful. Everything is great, except we need billions more for our rapid transit. But no, everything is terrific. But here's what's happening. You know, in... Uh, you, uh, residential home values declined modestly uh, in throughout the country in 2022, yes. reflecting higher mortgage interest rates. But the residential values have plunged in San Francisco, falling by about s- almost 17 percent mm-hmm. compared to a decline of a little more than three in the rest of the country, a difference mm-hmm. of 13 and a half percent. Uh, uh, San Francisco's housing stock has was valued at nearly two trillion by real estate valuation from uh, Zillow, which is a big um, online oh, yeah. uh, real 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 uh, real real estate um, uh, uh, site. Uh, and they continue the housing prices in San Francisco uh, de- decline, and this has to do with. More than 65,000 residents of San Francisco, which is 7.5% of the population, have left. They have left. So San Francisco uh, is, is, losing, is losing population. Home values are, 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 are dropping through the floor. And to add to that, mm-hmm. even worse, what came out this week 
is Park Hotels and Resorts, which is a huge um, um, uh, hotel uh, chain um, in, in oh, San no. Francisco. The, the, what they own in San Francisco is the Hilton San Francisco Union Square, which I know well. I know Union Square well, almost 2,000 rooms. And the 1,000-room Park, P-A-R-C, 55 San Francisco. Right. The owners of those companies, mm-hmm. this is what they do. They intend... They they plan they, they plan to remove those hotels from their portfolio. Mm. Now, what does that mean? The 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 the, the company, the, according to them, uh, uh, intends to work in good faith with the loans servicers to determine the most effective path forward, which is expected to result in ultimate removal of these hotels from its portfolio. You know, which is staggering mm-hmm. uh, because the, this the 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 it's a necessary decision to stop debt service payments on our San Francisco loan. Now, this is what the company said: why they're doing this. The rationale, this is a quote, yes. This is a quote: after much thought and consideration, we believe it is in the best interest for Parks stockholders to materially reduce our current exposure to the San Francisco market. Think of this. This is San Francisco. Now more than ever, we believe San Francisco's path to recovery remains clouded Mm -hmm. and elongated by major challenges, both old and new. Here are some of them. Record high office vacancy. Concerns over street conditions, that's sort of the euphemism for what we all know. Lower return to office than peer cities of the people who left for COVID. And a weaker than expected citywide convention calendar through 2027 that will negatively impact business and leisure demands and will likely reduce compression for the... uh, in, in, in the city for foreseeable future. Now, they, mm-hmm. they, they, they think that, you know, tourism is up a bit, but having gone to San Francisco quite often, they make their money on, on conventions. You know, I'd go there and there are people walking all over the street, conventions, conventions, and the convention business, because of what's going on in San Francisco, has dropped through the floor, and they are talking through 2027. So... You know, they, all the people yeah. in San Francisco, the boosters can can say whatever they want. And again, I take no 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 joy in this. And what this again, DePaul, is a result of policies that have nothing to do with with protecting the public. Don't forget, we got rid of the DA last. They got rid of the DA last year, and and cleaning up the streets and cleaning up the homeless situation. So they are just stewing in their own yeah, juice, yeah, so yeah. to speak. So that's very very sad. Well, it is, it is, and um, I, I just love the fact that you're bringing us up to date on it because this is. Uh, you know, uh, your again erstwhile governor, who uh, it's not his backyard; it's his front yard. San Francisco right. is his front yard, That's and, right. and uh, to to think that this man, uh, with one of the extraordinary cities of America facing this right now, uh, wants to throw his hat into the ring as a presidential candidate is just stunning. You know, conceptually, I think Philip people and particularly younger people, uh, don't have an appreciation how cities rise and fall. Gary, Indiana in the 60s was an incredibly vital, prosperous place. 
it is a ghost town on so many levels now. Detroit, which is where I was brought up in those robust 40s, 50s, and 60s, and then it went into a steep, steep decline. Youngstown, the list goes on and on in the Rust Belt, and somehow I think people felt like on the coast they were going to be immune to this, uh, and particularly with the leadership that you've spoken about. Uh, I I don't know these pe- the the tax base is just going to be disappearing. You're going to have you're going to have uh the people there either moving to Silicon Valley, getting out of the city, or they're going to go- be going to Texas and Florida. No. Well, one of the th- I, I I saw that a lot of the people who have money who are leaving San Francisco, guess where they're going? They're going to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, to <laughs> <Yeah>. Jackson, Wyoming, <laughs> where they can bring their leftist junk there and 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 try and recreate whatever nonsense they had in San Francisco that they're running from. You know, they're not going to go there to yeah. uh, to have a more. Uh, a, 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 a more thoughtful view of how to run a city or an area. No, they'll just bring their junk with them. No, so, so Jackson Hole is one of those places. So yeah, yeah, I pity yeah. those poor people. Yeah, no, it's happened in Boulder and so many different places. Yeah, well, listen, right. Philip, across the board, uh, in addition to what's happening uh, in your backyard out there in California, it's been a busy week. Evangelist Pat Robertson died 93 years old, a TV mogul as well, and of course, Vice President Mike Pence here from Indiana, Governor Christie and North Dakota Governor Doug Bergman, they they all threw their hats into the ring as presidential hopefuls for the President uh, Republican Party. And of course, we have, as of yesterday, the new indictment on former President Trump by the Justice Department with, by the way, potentially federal charges, including, you know, the obstruction of justice, etc., etc., leading to potentially over 100 years in prison. But here's the thing. You want to talk about pivoting. Boy, has the media and the mainstream media and the liberal media really pivoted because they... You know, the DOJ and FBI seem incapable of indicting Joe Biden or Hunter for what appears to be just blatant bribery, influence peddling there that went on in in, in, in the Ukraine. But, oh, now we're just going to get back to Trump and let him be the E-Day fix of our news. And we're just trying to uh, let's let's not worry about this whole this whole uh, relationship that's going on uh, between uh, uh, James Coburn, the Oversight Committee and uh uh, the latest investigations. Bring us up to date on that. And any any thoughts you might have, Philip, on also this latest from the DOJ Trump indictment? Well, isn't it amazing that that he, uh, a, a member, uh, Joe Biden, who uh, we know he's not going to run again, but uh, his party to to indict a member of, uh, of the opposition of someone who is running against him. Is that not third world? You know, this uh, presidents in the last 40, 50 years, each and every one of them have had um, uh, classified um, uh, document uh, situations. And in this one, Trump, who had the perfect right, perfect right as president to declassify or classify anything he wanted at any time, did that. And whereas Joe Biden 
uh, when he was vice president who did not have that power as vice president uh, had uh, has had and has um, uh, classified documents all over the place in uh, in, in universities and in, in, in various other places and he even uh, said oops I, I guess when I was a senator too who has no authority to classify or even have classified documents within his power yeah. in, in his yeah. uh, possession tons of that in his Delaware home. So let's stop playing the game here of, um, uh, th this is, this is, this is third world politics, uh, straight up, uh, you know, and, uh, which, le which leads me into our, uh, uh, our main topic this week, which is the the FBI. You know, people who are either old enough or are historically knowledgeable enough that uh, back in you know four. Oh my gosh, it must have been at least thirty five, forty years that uh, J. Edgar Hoover ran the uh, uh, FBI, and he was loathed. He, I mean, doesn't sound like a swell guy, but he was loathed as being a rogue and just running his running the FBI the way he wanted to run it and he was never never beholden to either a republican president or a democratic president he ran it the way he wanted to run it now for all of the negative faults that that he he had and might have come along with that he was never he never ran that organization as an arm of the media and the Democratic Party, which is what happened starting with Obama, starting with Obama, and continues that the FBI today has become, uh, has, has become an arm of the Democratic Party, aided and abetted by, by the media. Now, the, the scandal that's going on is uh, uh, what, you, what you alluded to a minute ago about... Um, about uh, the, the in, in fact, this week, uh, uh, um, uh, Ray, uh, Ray, I'm blanking on his first name, um, Christopher Ray, I think. Yes, Christopher yes. Ray, refusal to comply with a congressional subpoena. They said they threatened to uh, uh, charge him with contempt of Congress. And all of a sudden, uh, with documents that he said didn't exist, he said, okay, okay, you can come and see them. Well, they came and saw them. And by the way, they had already, uh, uh, Chuck Grassley and, uh, and James Comer from uh, Kentucky said, you know, we've already seen this stuff. And this go going to your point has to do with millions of dollars of payment from Burisma in the Ukraine directly, or not just directly, but through you know, shady bank accounts, you know, you know what, what do they call it? Money laundering, moving it around so, so oh, yeah. it gets sort of lost. But this is straight up bribery. Now, this is something that, that was discovered by, that was brought to the attention by a, um, a, what they call a highly credible source, someone who is a... a, 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 a Private an, informant, right? An, an informant, uh, yep. and not just, your, not just your, your, your creepy kind. This is a guy who has been working for the DOJ and FBI for over 10 years into the Obama years. He has been paid over uh, six figures, and he is what they call not just a credible source, a highly credible source. Mm -hmm. he, based, he has said that, that information and these documents that talk in, in great detail about straight-up bribery were buried yeah. by members and, and agents and, you know, under the direction of, of the higher-ups of the FBI. 
or they were buried uh, out of sight of the public. Now, which, which coincidentally, now this is real information, as opposed to uh, going back to uh, trying to destroy Donald Trump starting in, in 2016 and then up to the 2020 election, that the FBI was part and parcel of the of of the you know the whole russia 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 thing which never existed it never existed there is no and has been proven that there was never any any any, anything there so but that was was used to destroy a presidential candidate whereas real uh, uh crimes and bribery were um were, were were hidden by the fbi which which takes the fbi from another thing it's their scandal is not is not it it the worst scandal aside from uh from from trying to uh destroy trump is is is, is to um interfere in elections when the hell did the fbi become purveyors and leakers of information for uh to uh, to to uh, uh to attack a presidential candidate you know say what you will about j edgar hoover going back in those days he played it straight down the middle. He had his favorites, obviously, but he was never anybody's fool and anybody's, um, anybody's puppet. Uh, puppet, puppet. Thank you. That's the word I was searching for. Yeah. And, uh, and that is what's happened mm. here. And in fact, uh, Chuck Grassley um, said, you know, uh, he says, I'm not at this point, this is one point of view, I'm right. not that interested in, in, uh, in, in uh, how damning this is to the president. He says he's more interested in what's going on with the FBI and what the FBI has become. And by the way, the FBI mm. is part and parcel of this get Trump <laughs> thing, which he's just being indicted on oh. with the whole Mar-a-Lago thing. They're the ones who, yeah. who, 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 um, you know, invaded his home in, 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 in Georgia. So, so the FBI is ankle neck up to their neck, sorry, in this. Yeah. Yeah. And if it, uh, you know, weren't for the, uh, oversight committee, the house oversight committee, demanding that the uh, FD-1023 form be handed over to them, I mean, uh, the stuff would still be, uh, you know, suppressed. Uh, and um, people are optimistic about what may, uh, what may come from this. But, you know, I I I any way you look at it, Philip, to me, it's, um, it has been quite the week. Uh, and again, this, this may be my naivete, uh, as a believer or, uh, just, just by nature of being brought up here in the optimistic Midwest and thinking the good and the best about everyone. And I, I remember we, uh, mentioned to one another just in a brief conversation earlier this week, how, you know, we, we would watch that old TV series, the FBI with Ephraim Zimbalis Jr. And Hey, here's a test for you, Philip. Do you remember what, uh, his, the inspector's name was there on the FBI? No. <laughs> There's a simple answer for you. No, I don't. There you I, go. I remember it was Ephraim Zimbalist, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Lewis Erskine. Erskine, Ins that's right, that's right. Yeah, Thank you. In, Thank in, you. In, in, Inspector Lewis Erskine. But imagine the motto of the FBI. Fidelity, bravery, integrity. It's as if their very motto is uh, represents uh, the... Uh, uh, the FBI itself, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, fidelity, 
bravery and integrity. You know, and, you know, you know. I have. I, I thought. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no. I, I was thinking of something this week, and I saw something, and I, and it, a part of it struck me. Yeah. I, I, there's an aspect of myself that doesn't think the FBI should exist in a country that is made up of forty of forty. What am I saying? Fifty individual states. Why is there a federal police force? Just a question. Yeah. Yeah. Just a yeah. question. Before the FBI, there was no federal police force. Each state has its laws, you know, state police, local police. Yeah. What, what is a federal police? And, and it, it might have been one thing when it was first started, but now that the federal government is putting its hands and fingers into every aspect of our lives, yeah. a centralized government with a centralized police force, to me, uh, is a very dangerous thing. But I, I, I digress. I'm sorry. I didn't. Well, no. I mean, you know, you just think about the DOJ and the FBI, and all you have to do is review the last few years how Biden, and you're right, a lot of it began uh, in the Obama administration. You know, the Justice Department going after parents as domestic terrorists. Uh, we're, we're, we're spying, can you imagine, on Catholic parishes all yeah, over the, right. the nation. We are, uh, you know, uh, 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 we're literally arresting pro-life Christians uh, for uh, seemingly uh, the most minor of uh, offenses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I, I appreciated what Senator Josh Hawley, uh, Republican, obviously, from Missouri, he said in his tweet, if the people in power can jail their political opponents at will, we don't have a republic. Well, guess what? You're absolutely right, and, and Senator Hawley's absolutely right now. Combine that with we have no more, we have no border anymore either. Yeah, don't mean to change the subject, but these no, are two no, 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 major. No. These are two big deal things, and yeah, they absolutely are. And there's a reason people across the board and good thinking Democrats are profoundly concerned on some level. But in the meantime, you had someone like uh, uh, old Representative Jamie Raskin. He dismissed the investigation as politically motivated, and his contention was that Barr's DOJ closed the investigation while Trump was in office. Uh, give us a what, – what did, what did General William Barr uh, – General, Attorney General William Barr have to say about that? Yeah, well, Raskin comes out and says, well, yes, it was told Barr that, that Barr said it's closed and Barr came out this week and said no that's not true that's not true at all he says I I sent it to Delaware for uh -huh. them to continue with it so you know I saw an interesting article this morning you know uh, during the whole um, impeachment thing with uh, and uh Russian, uh, Russia, Russia, Russia thing with uh, with Trump the the uh, the designated liar mm -hmm. for the Democratic Party was um um Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name. I always blank on his name because I 
system. The, it's the, oppression. Uh, Adam, it's... Adam Schiff. Adam, <laughs> Adam Schiff from California, the designated liar for the Democratic Party right. because he said, I have proof here in my hands, and he never showed anything. Well, right. the, 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 they have a new designated liar, <laughs> which is Jamie Raskin. Yeah. That, that no matter, you, you know, you could, you could, you could put a, uh, a dog, you could hold a dog up in his face and say, see this dog? You know, Steve, remember the old Jimmy Durante thing? He'd say, what dog? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, so, so Jamie Raskin is part and parcel of, of this. And worse, and I'll repeat it over and over again, the media loves this and the media is in charge of this and the media is part and parcel of the whole deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the uh, the lie continues. That's hey, right. I know I I know I'm backpedaling just a bit, but this whole indictment thing going on against Trump, the DOJ, you know, beginning just just they they couldn't resist this week. Isn't the timing perfect? By the oh, way, oh, the timing is absolutely perfect. Yeah. You know, what, what, what's the old uh, the old bait and switch, as you like to say? Yeah, uh, you know. Uh, 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 Biden is even in press conferences being asked about about him taking bribes, and uh, th- th- this is to take uh, yeah. you know just to, to take the uh, take the focus off that. Did did you, did you hear the one kind of response he had? Basically, yeah, he says, "Where's where's the money? Where's the money?" Well, gee, Joe, you have like four mansions. Yeah, and on, G- on, on a senator's salary. Well, you, you think you might have done a a rec room with some of that money. <laughs> And, 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 and do you think maybe, Joe, this is the reason that you call your son the most brilliant person you've ever known because he plays the shell game better than most of us? Well, he only plays the shell game better than most of us. I don't, I'm, I'm not, first of all, I'm not convinced he does, but you know what it is? It's, it's easy when your father is a senator, vice president, and president who is as corrupt as any politician this country has ever seen. So you have cover. Uh, Hunter has cover. You know, this reminds me of that quote from the historian Lord Acton. Remember, he's the one who said, absolute power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And you just, and and here's, that's, that's in great measure what we have going on here is they have, they have imbibed all of that power and there has not been ameliorating grace, ameliorating moral compass, et cetera, et cetera, that has accompanied it. Listen, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pivot real quickly into my PS, Philip, if you don't mind, because uh, when, when I think of Raskin, uh, Representative Jamie Raskin, and you know, his, his just lying about what William Barr did, I'm just reminded of the fact that uh, there is another lie that is being tragically spread and sustained by the church, and that lie is this. God is trans. Here's the deal, Philip. The Church of St. Paul the Apostle in Manhattan last month, they hosted an exhibition entitled God is Trans. A Queer Spiritual Journey. Oh, by the way, this church, Philip, is the 19th century mother church of the Paulist Fathers. I've been in it. I know it well. And, of course, this this blasphemous, as it's being called, God is Trans uh, uh, exhibition, um, 
is is just created a firestorm online. Now, supposedly, a new name and a description were worked out by the artist, a, a student at Fordham University, and the Paulist Fathers is New York City artist in residence, Father Frank. Uh, Sabate or Sabati, he he directs a, a group based there in the Church of St. Paul, the Apostle, called the Opening Collective, which on their website made the claim connections between creativity and transcendence foster meaningful conversations that have the potential to unite individuals and promote community. Well, Philip, the God is Trans exhibition is not doing that. But this is the progressive church's latest lie. Or, theologically, here's the justification, as an Episcopal priest just wrote this week in his weekly newsletter right here in old Indianapolis, and I quote it specifically. So God created humankind in his image, in the image of God. He created them. Male and female, he created them. Yes, there is a gender assumption here reflecting an ancient binary understanding. But if God's image is reflected in both male and female together, does not that make God non-binary? Not one gender or the other, but encompassing the entire spectrum of gender. And so Philip continues this perversity of liberal, progressive, theological thought. I mean, we used to think of God in these crude terms, anthropomorphically. When the Word tells us God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, now it's not enough that God was dead in the 60s. I don't know which is worse. Now, God is not dead. God is trans. Can you imagine this stuff, Philip? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, 2,000 years of uh, Christianity and uh, uh, you know, how since the six or 700s, uh, the, the Muslim world, who, you know, Allah, which is God, uh, and the Jewish world, 5,000 years of God, who, how stupid we have all been for all of this time to not know that God has chosen to have a, a nose ring and grow his hair long and put on fake boobies and make up and say, I am trans now. This is what these people are saying, DePaul. I'm, 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 I'm really not trying to be no, funny. No, this no, no, that no. The absurdity, yeah. the absurdity. Yeah. First of all, first of all, it's just some idiots say it. You know, you can say anything. But just the fact that they say it and then uh, um, uh, major churches just roll over and go along with this is... And put their yeah, uh, imprint uh, of uh, approval on it. Exactly. Yeah, here's what, here's what I don't understand. This is just a general uh, yeah. um, a question. Mm. How weak might their faith be? Who, at the drop of a hat, embrace this crap? If, if you know, you understand the point I'm making. If, if one has strength in one's belief in God or not God, if you're an atheist, but but in God, and you represent the church, and the church 
is what you've de- dedicated and devoted your life to. How, how can you just turn on a dime? Philip, listen. I, Rask- I, you see what yeah, I'm no, saying? No, I don't oh, understand I, that, well, people. I, I, it's a I, real I, question to, well, to it, our it, believers. It, it is a real question, and I, I'm, you, you know me and my worldview. I'm, I'm going to go back to the Word. I'm going to go back to Apostle Paul and the Epistle to the Romans. He had something to say in this regard, and he, I'm quoting him verbatim because I know these scriptures. Quote, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And because of this, God gave them over to a depraved mind. This is depraved thinking. A church putting on an exhibition, I know, was part of a larger one. I know they said they were going to change it. Uh, As of Monday, they told the Catholic News, well, we really didn't get around to changing, apparently, the uh, goddess trans name of this one particular uh, uh, portion of the show. Oops. Yep. Slight oversight. Yeah. 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 So uh, it, it and and that's that's what it is. They have it's it's the the reason I mention uh you know uh Senator Raskin. Yeah. And you talk about Adam Schiff, the you know the genital liar is you can just lie and lie and lie and lie and all of a sudden the lie becomes truth. It becomes your reality. So when Paul was writing to the Romans that they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and ergo, they were given over to a depraved mind, that's what happened. You choose to go into this dark side, and there will be no limit, because there is at the base of it a spirit of rebellion. There's a spirit of literally doing the middle finger to the divine itself and saying, I am whoever I choose to be. I'm my own master. It's also, I won't won't get personal, but someone dear, dear, dear to me when he was was, uh, 13, you know, just going into puberty, my, my parents would say something and he would just... He would just sort of stick his stick his jar and go, "You wish," and it reminded me. It reminds me of this. This is all so infantile. Mm. It's in your face. I'm not going to do it. Pick up your clothes. No, that's what this is. It is infantile. And by the way, Goebbels was was a master of what you were just talking about. You tell a lie often enough, and and and, and uh, people tend to believe it. Any, yeah. In any case, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, go, uh, you just m- uh, made reference to our. Uh, and and by the way, by the way, if we have a trans listener, God bless you. Again, I have a tremendous rapport with the trans person who is at my local grocery store. What we're talking about here is that celebration, that absolute flagrant, we're going to push this down, and it, we, don't, we don't care whom it hurts. We don't care if the traditional gay community is diminished by it. No, we're going to have uh, our our rights, and we're going to make sure, and they're insatiable 
in, in fulfilling that. Tell us a little bit about uh, the, 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 the statement of it, uh, push uh, over, over in the Muslim world, Philip, your PS, if you will. Yeah, well, here, here's, here's, the, uh, here's the hypocrisy of, uh, of, of the United States uh, in, yeah. in, in, in this whole uh, uh, um, uh, gay pride, the whole pride thing. I, I love when people insist I'm a, I, I have to uh, um, uh, you know, bow down to and, and, and be prideful with them. I don't care. You know, live your life the way you live. But here's the hypocrisy of it. In uh, in the UK and in the Western world, this you know, you know, rainbow flags are being flown all over the place. Aren't we great? Isn't this great? In the Vatican City, they did the same thing, a, a rainbow flag, and and uh, and in India and various places. Except no. there are places you go to Saudi Arabia. You go to Muslim countries, you go to Uganda, who just passed some laws criminalizing homosexuality. I'm not saying they should have done that, but you go to the part of the world, mostly the Muslim world, and, uh, and there are not, none of those flags. There are none of those flags, and you take it into the even more cynical commercial world, uh, you know, like Mercedes-Benz and, uh, as an example, and, and BMW, you know, the BMW, the, the, the um, hood uh, ornament on yes. BMW, yes. you see that, you see that now, it's all rainbow colored. Same with Mercedes-Benz and Apple and Pfizer, they're all rainbow color, they have rainbow things. Do you know that exact, as an example, BMW hood ornament in Saudi Arabia and all the uh, all the Muslim world mm-hmm. has not been changed at all. Yeah. Tell me how it's not only cynical. What it is 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 it it is it is it is saying to the Muslim world, we don't want to offend you. Sorry, we were not going to offend you. Okay, don't offend them. But yet at the same time, by having it in my face. In your face, in everybody's face, these flags that insist I and we uh, celebrate with them, what they are doing, they are, they are discriminating and saying to Jews and Christians in this country, screw you. We're not going to offend the Muslims. We'll put the regular little BMW thing but it, it, there. But in this country, we have to have, we have, to have the rainbow. Yeah. That, is, that, is, yeah. that is evil and anti-Christian and anti-Jewish. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's, it, what's, going, that's what's going on it, with the hypocrisy of all of this nonsense. And 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 you know the 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 arrogance again uh, of of that statement. God is trans, and you're talking about uh, what's happening here, uh, Pride Month, and and uh, the duplicity that the uh, major corporations so often do. And I am reminded, and this is my hero, because I w- I want to go into yours very uh, very quickly, Philip. But I'm just reminded again of the great. Christian scholar, writer uh, of the Narnia series and of mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis, who, who wrote, Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. Lewis continues, the, and this is from his mere Christianity, the Christian's are right. 
It is pride which has been the chief cause cause of misery in every nation and every family since the world began. Pride always means enmity. It is enmity, and not only enmity between man and man, but enmity to God. And in today's zeitgeist, where everyone wants to puff out their chest and say, look at me, Lewis reminds us of our fallen natures and the sinfulness of pride. Well, it's also so inner me-oriented. You know, whereas a real world, people work for themselves, they work for their families, they work to, to make a living, they, to, yep. to get on the boat and go out on the lake, it's for the, fa- for the family, for the people uh, around them, whereas, whereas pride and all of this thing is all about me, 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 me. All me. It's all about me because I am so special. I guess we are all special in our own way, of course. But, 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 at at at, at uh, to to override everything else, I don't think so. I'm yeah. going to go on to my hero. Uh, you know, uh, uh, this. You know, uh, we, you and I have talked about this a lot. Yeah. About uh, sometimes when we get a little down about seemingly uh, swimming upstream, or uh, you know, in terms of the the new world, uh, there is fight back. There is fight back, and you know uh, Matt Walsh. Thank goodness for him with his "What Is a Woman." Um, it, it's been seen by uh, millions and millions of people now on uh, on uh, on um, uh, Twitter. And mm-hmm. well, here's an example of people fighting back. Now, I don't particularly condemn, uh, condone rather uh, violence, but this past week. In Glendale, California, which is right here in Los Angeles, it's an independent city, uh, the, the, um, uh, the school board uh, and people wanted to talk about, uh, you know, celebrating gay pride and all of this and in, in, in what's going on in, in, their, uh, in, their, in their programs, all, all, all this kind of stuff. Well, all of a sudden, by the way, uh, uh, Glendale has a huge Armenian population oh, yeah. and Hispanic population. Well, guess what? The... Uh, People came, citizens came, uh, Hispanics and Armenians came, and they clashed with far-left protesters, of course, being Antifa. They clashed. They clashed and basically said, you are not doing this. We are, we are not going to let this happen. And this is, by the way, and as Ben Shapiro said, uh, you know, he said, well, I think he said something pretty interesting. He says, this is going to be part of the future of the country. Essentially, what you have is a cadre of upper class white liberals who have a particular set of morals that do not match the morals of particular ethnic minorities in the United States. And this backlash is going to be very, very strong. Mm-hmm. And my words mm-hmm. are, it's going to grow. Now, or going along with this, in I believe it was Maryland, a group of Muslims did the same thing. Where I, I, I don't know if the extent of violence, but they came to a, a particular school board and and uh, and fought back and fought back and said, "You cannot do this." Now, here's here's the irony to me. The irony is, you know, if anybody. It, if, if, if you're in the radical agenda, anybody who disagrees with you is a white supremacist. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay, oh, yes. so Muslims, all of a sudden now, they're white supremacists. And Armenians, if let's, geez, let's not forget that in, 
1915, a million and a half Armenians were, were slaughtered in in, in, in a holocaust uh, of, 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 of Armenians, and now they are just going to be lumped in with a bunch of white supremacists. These are people who have strong beliefs, strong religious beliefs, strong cultural beliefs, strong moral beliefs, and they are saying to the to this snooty uh, white liberal college-educated folks who think they know everything, they're saying, no, sorry, not doing it. Yeah. And you want to you want to get you want to get you want to get violent about it? Okay, here we are. So these are my heroes. Uh, again, mm. not particularly the violence, but the fight back. It's the fight back, Paul. Yeah. And the more that this, the more that this uh, uh, is, it, it spreads around the country. And by the way, by the way, there was a, a poll out this week. I forgive me, I forget the the poll that, that more and more people in this country are considering themselves conservative, not republic, conservative. Uh, the numbers are are growing. Mm. So you know, for all that the media loves to um, think they control everything, in which they control the flow of information. Let's make no bones about that. Yeah. And yet, and yet, there's enough alternate uh, 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 media uh, and and information getting out there that the general public is starting to say, as you and I have been talking about for two years, they're going, wait a minute. No, 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 no. We're not going to go through with this. We're not going to do this. So those are my heroes this week. Yeah, yeah. And God bless uh, the Muslim community that holds on to its uh, moral beliefs. Uh, and w- what I mean by that is simply they have every right in this multicultural nation that we are to affirm to have those beliefs, and uh, I love that Armenian community in Glendale. My uh, my favorite uh, 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 bakery uh, was an Armenian bakery right there in Glendale, and uh, when we were living in uh, Pasadena, I would just shoot over there to that bakery and sit down and uh, had a chance to know the owner and his wonderful family, and boy, you're so right. They, they came through... Uh, just a horrible epoch in their history, and they are tough, tough people. And they, in many ways, they remind me. In, in many ways, just given picking up on what you were just saying, reminds me. Uh, this sort of reminds me of uh, never again. You know, with the Jews and 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 and, and Hitler and and going to Israel. Never again. You're not going to do this to us again. And I think this is part and parcel of that of the uh, uh, Armenian community saying, No, 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 no. You're not going to screw with us. Yeah. Well, we have said a lot in this podcast. Uh, I've uh, probably been a little, uh, shall we say, my wife sometimes is overpassionate. But I tell you, all I have to do is read God is Trans. And uh, these are are things worth fighting for. And uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how it evolves with Trump on this. I think he's got a good chance, you know, to... uh, 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 to ride this out on some level, I I I don't I don't know, but um, I'm looking for fresh air across the board, and uh, we'll see we'll see what uh, the political uh, horizon brings us, particularly as we really get close to the 
primaries and so forth. Philip, I want to say my daughter's coming into town here in just a bit from, yes, that murky, mucky uh, Newark, New Jersey uh, uh, atmosphere, and she's she's going to be happy to come to Indiana today. It's blue skies and about 74, and so uh, that's it. That's it for our show today. Time to wrap it up, dear friends, and a special thanks to you. And uh, pass the good word along and let people know about entering stage right, as always, in way of reminder, regardless of what's going on in our crazy, topsy-turvy world. We do live in a great country. It's a free country. Let us keep it that way. We've got so much to be thankful for. I'm thankful for you, Philip, and for you, dear, dear listener. So till we meet again, this is D. Paul Thomas and Philip Charles McKenzie inviting you to join us next week for another podcast of Entering Stage Right. <laughs>